Well, good morning. I hope all of you are having a great weekend so far. My name is Adam Young. I'm the lead pastor here at Element Church. And uh, whether you know it or not, it has already been a great weekend for our church. As Monica just mentioned, our youth uh, had a retreat this weekend. And so if you see anybody wearing these uh, yellow shirts, um, they were a part of that weekend with us. And I would actually encourage you, uh, everyone who doesn't have a yellow shirt, that if you get a chance to ask someone with a yellow shirt um, about the weekend, ask them what they learned, what, what God did in their hearts and in their lives. This weekend we talked about with our teenagers taking our faith to the next level. That really believing in Jesus, that's not the finish line, that's the starting line. And talking about taking our faith beyond just mere belief. And so one of the things that would be great for our students is to step out in faith and actually share some of the things that God is teaching them and the things that they're learning. And so you could help that by asking them. Now, I'm going to start us off this morning as we continue our sermon series in the letter James uh, in the New Testament. We're going to wrap up chapter 4 today, which means starting next week, we are in the final chapter of the book of James, which will wrap up before Christmas. And so as we get started uh, in chapter 4, at the end of chapter 4 in James, um, I have a question for you, and I want you to participate. So just get ready, okay? Um, just by a show of hands, how many of, in, how many of you in here would label yourself as procrastinators? Okay, some of you are still waiting to raise your hand, so go ahead and raise it, and then we'll all know you really are, right? Now, some of you love being a procrastinator, and some of you hate it, but you do it anyways, right? Some of us justify it by using phrases like this, I do my best work under pressure, right? How many of you have said that? Uh, we have all probably said that at one point in time. Whether it's true or not, we, didn't, we weren't saying it because it was true. We were saying it to try to justify our procrastination. Listen, as we get started today, I have some sins I need to confess, um, I actually have several that I need to confess to you. The first one begins with, I lied to all of you. Um, weeks ago, I told you I don't dress up for Halloween. And then I got roped into doing something I've never done as an adult, uh, which I thought I never would do. Now, to be fair, if you guys saw me on Halloween at our Halloween outreach, um, I was a lumberjack. And when I was told, hey, this is a costume option that you're getting voluntold to do, uh, I was like, so you mean I get to buy a red and black plaid shirt that I would wear anyways? Okay, I'll do it. Um, I literally, I think I even wore these jeans and these hiking boots, and then I carried around a toy axe. But um, I said I never dress up for Halloween, and up until this year that was true, but then I did it anyways. Um, but let me confess something else for you. As a church, when we started this year off, we challenged everyone in our church to pick a word for the year. A word that represented something that you knew God wanted to do in you or through you uh, over the course of 2021. In addition, we picked a word for our church. Um, we talked about it over the course of this year, um, the word margin, about building margin in our life. So as a church, we kind of picked that word and talked about it. For me, I picked a personal word, um, or really it was a phrase, but uh, I, I picked finish strong. Because I have this terrible habit of starting things and not finishing them. And it can be anything, 
Like house projects. I love starting house projects. I love tearing stuff down. I love putting up all the big parts of like getting the project done. And then when it comes to all of like the finishing details, blah, I get bored. I want to tear something else out. Like I don't finish projects. I'm terrible about it. There's so many things that I get excited about. I'm like, we're going to do this. And I get started and then I lose energy and I'd rather just start something else. And I also do that personally with my own life and, and especially with my physical health. So I have this pattern that I have been consistent on for 10 years where every December 31st, I'm at least probably 15 pounds heavier than I want to be. I'm completely out of shape. And so what do I do? January 1st, I go all in. I'm eating ridiculously healthy. I'm running and exercising. I drop the weight. I get in shape. I feel great. And every single year, come September, all of that goes out the window. And I always use the excuse that like, well, September and October are just crazy. And they really are. September and October every year are the craziest months of the entire year for me. For example, this year in October, I only slept in my own bed on one Monday, one Tuesday, and one Wednesday of the entire month. All the other Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Wednesdays of the entire month, I was generally in another city uh, doing something else. And so it, they really are crazy, but I use that as an excuse to quit working out. And so what do I do in November and December? I gain every pound back that I had lost earlier in the year. So I said, I'm going to finish strong this year. This year's going to be different. This year, when I hit December 31st, I will be at that ideal weight and I'll be in shape. So what did I do? I waited until November to do anything exercise this entire year. For the first time in like 10 years, I didn't exercise at all in January, in February, in March, in April, in May, in June, in July, in August, in September, and October. I didn't do a thing. Because I'm like, I got to finish strong. No one said, my word wasn't start right. My finish word was, my phrase was start or finish strong, right? I love to procrastinate. I'm so good at it. And I'm guessing many of you are the same way. So let me ask you this question. I want you to picture yourself five years from now. Let me ask you this. Where would you love to be spiritually? Like where, where would you love to be? Some of you would love to be just a passionate prayer warrior. To be so in tune with God and in your prayer life that when you prayed, things happened. And when you got on your knees to pray, before you even said the words, you knew something was going to happen. Some of you would love to be more bold and unashamed in your outward expression of worship. You wish you had the confidence to raise your hands as you worshiped on a Sunday morning. You wish you had the confidence that when God is stirring in your heart, you didn't care what anyone else thought and you were willing to get on your knees in this gym, in prayer and in humility. Some of you would love to know more of the Bible. You wish you could quote scripture 
in certain situations when needed. You wish that you knew enough scripture or about the Bible, you could actually say something and encourage someone with a verse. You wish that when you opened the Bible, you actually knew what in the world you were reading. Some of you would wish that you could just be more confident and bold in actually saying something to someone, sharing your faith, inviting them to church, letting them know that you're a Christian, and being willing to pray for someone. Some of you wish that you had the confidence and the boldness to just pray out loud in front of people. Five years from now, where would you love to see yourself spiritually? As you think about it, I'll ask another question. What have you done in the last week, the last seven days, to take a step in that direction? What have you done in the last 30 days to take a step in that direction? What have you done in 2021 to take a step in that direction? Because I think if we were all honest, we don't just procrastinate when it comes to reaching a goal of losing weight or getting in shape. or We don't just procrastinate when it comes to a deadline at school or work. Sometimes we even procrastinate when it comes to spiritual things. Which is exactly what James is going to speak to today. And so we're going to look in James chapter 4 and we're going to start in verse 13. And so I would invite you um, to pull out your phone. You can scan this QR code and it's going to open up the Bible app and the event that we have going that has the scriptures already laid out for you. It has links to some of the announcements that were already made, links to our prayer request form and our connection card. If you're a guest with us, you can fill that connection card out. We'd love to know more about you. Um, and so we're going to look at James 4, 13 through 17 together. And this is what James has to say to us. He says, come now, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? Your life is but a mist that a, appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him, it is sin. And so this is the passage that we're looking at today. And what we're going to do today is what we do every week in this series. Is After having read the whole passage, we're going to break it down into a few smaller pieces. Talk about it together. So let's look at just the first couple of verses again. That's verses 13 through 15. And I know I just read it, but I'm going to read it again. James says, Come now, you who say, Today or tomorrow we will go into such a, such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, If the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. Now here's what I want to make clear up front. James is not suggesting that we do not plan for the future. James is not suggesting that we disregard the future 
or to disregard that today's actions will determine tomorrow's destination. James is speaking to something a little bit different. But just to prove this, what we actually see in Scripture over and over and over is that it's those who are wise that plan for the future. Look here at Proverbs 6, 6 through 8. The author here says, Go to the ant, O sluggard, consider her ways and be wise. Without having any chief or officer or ruler, she prepares her bread in summer and gathers her food in the harvest. As you read throughout the book of Proverbs, one of the things that the author will do is regularly point to outside realities. Things that we all experience and see in life that we may not give much thought to, but actually teach us some principles that we could take to heart. And here the proverb author says, listen, just look at the ants. They don't need anyone to tell them what to do. They know to prepare for the future. And so if we would like to be wise, we too should prepare for the future. Look what the Proverbs, the writer of Proverbs says in uh, chapter 21. Precious treasure and oil are in a wise man's dwelling, but a, fool man, a foolish man devours it. Or some of your Bible versions, if you're not looking at the ESV, which we're reading from, may say, but, but a fool devours all that he has. It's wise people who plan for the future who save and prep and prepare it's foolish people who devour everything they have today as if tomorrow won't ever come so James is not suggesting that we fail to plan for the future because the old adage that we've probably all heard is true right failing to plan is planning to fail Actually, what James wants to do is draw out a sin that some of the people in his churches are committing that he wants to call them out of. And so we'll continue our thought and study and reading of James. And so in James 4.16, says, As it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. And here's where we start to see a clear picture of what is actually going on with James's churches and what it is that he's trying to say. He's not trying to say that planning for the future is foolish or unnecessary. But what James is drawing out is this. That for his churches, their future-mindedness wasn't based upon wisdom. It was based upon arrogance and boasting their future mindedness wasn't built off wisdom the kind of wisdom that proverbs calls us to it was based upon arrogance and boasting and we see that most clear in verse 17 so whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it for him it is sin here's where the rubber meets the road in this passage their future-mindedness was giving them the confidence that they didn't have to do the right thing because for them, there would always be time to do it later. Their thoughts about the future weren't 
based on wisdom. It was about procrastination. They said, I don't have to do these things now because there will always be time to do them later. We wrestle and struggle with that sometimes. Here's some more maybe modern ways of thinking about it or how it works out. When life settles down a little bit more, then we'll get involved in church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not going to do that now because there's plenty of time to do that later. When life settles down, right? When I make just a little bit more money, then I'll be generous. So I can't now, but, but later. There, there's always time later. When I'm making a little bit more, that's, that's when I'll be generous. I'm too young. I'm too busy. I'm too invested in my career to really be religious. I'll do that when I'm older. I'll do that when life slows down. I'll do that once I accomplish some of these other goals. There's always time to do it later. I know I could do it now, but why don't I just wait till later? I can do it then. Or, I don't have 10 minutes. I don't have 20 minutes. I don't have 30 minutes to give to prayer and reading my Bible. Maybe once the kids aren't so young. Maybe when we don't have so many things going on. Then I'll be able to, then I can do that. see, their future-mindedness wasn't based on wisdom. They weren't saying, let me do something today to prepare for tomorrow. Their future-mindedness was based on arrogance and boasting. They were saying, I've always got time tomorrow, so why be bothered with it today? So let's return to those questions we started with. Where would you love to see yourself five years from now? Is it that you would love to be bold and unashamed in your expressions of worship? Is it that you wish that you were a passionate prayer warrior whose prayers made a difference? Is it that you knew and understood the Bible better, both for yourself and to help others? Is it that you wish you, you would love it if five years from now you, you had 50 or 100 verses memorized? That at any given situation, no matter what you were going through or your coworker or your spouse or your children, you could share some of that insight and wisdom and be able to quote scripture like that. Is it that you had the confidence and the boldness to say something to someone? An encouraging word. To share your faith story. To invite them into something. Do you wish you had the courage and the confidence to be able to go up to someone and say, I want to pray for you. Do you wish that you had the confidence 
to be able to pray in front of a group of people, what would you love to be true of you five years from now? So whatever it is, my question is, why would you wait for five years? Not that there's a bunch of magical pills and that you can go from being scared of public speaking and then like the next day, like, okay, I'll become a preacher. Like I, some of you, that, that may not be a realistic path, but what's that one step you could take? Yeah, maybe, maybe tomorrow you're not going to spend seven hours reading and studying the Bible. But what is one step you can take? If you have this picture of what you would love to be true five years from now, why wait? Why would you put off today what you think you can do tomorrow? Because James says, your life is like a mist. It's here in one moment and gone the next. You don't know what tomorrow holds. Rather than waiting till tomorrow, or waiting until January 1st, or waiting until next year, or waiting for five years, or waiting when life slows down, or waiting when the kids get older, or waiting for a little bit bigger of a paycheck, or waiting for this or that, or whatever else is standing in your way. Rather than waiting till then, what if you took one small step today? Just one small step. Imagine if you just memorized one verse this month. That's it. Just one. One verse in a whole month. Most verses are less than 30 words, which means on average you'd have to memorize less than one word per day. One verse just this month. Five years from now, you would have almost 100 verses memorized, ready to share at the drop of a hat. Just one small step. But rather than waiting for tomorrow, why don't we do it today? Let's pray. Lord, if we were honest, we all procrastinate. We all procrastinate in different arenas of life. And we are all certainly not above procrastinating spiritually. About thinking that there'll be another day, another time, another season where we can do what you have called us to do. Lord, would you forgive us for that sin? Just as James said, those who know the right thing to do and don't do it are committing sin. Lord, would you forgive us for our sin? for our failure to do what you have called us to do. I want you to keep your eyes closed for just a moment. And I want to just say that I recognize how intimidating it can be when you, when you have this picture of what you would love to be true of you five years from now. The idea of being that tomorrow is intimidating. It almost seems impossible sometimes. It seems like you have so far to go. The Lord is asking you not for that five-year picture today. The Lord is asking you to take one small step today. To take one step toward this picture of what you believe God to be calling you to. 
And so rather letting, the, letting that intimidation of what that would mean for you five years from now, just take one small step today. I don't know what that is for you. Your small step might be just telling someone else, hey, this is an area I need to grow in. Would you help me? Your one small step might be carving out five minutes in your calendar for something tomorrow morning. Whatever it is, would you take one small step? Don't wait for tomorrow. Do it today. Because you don't know what tomorrow holds. You don't know what a year from now holds. You don't know what five years from now holds. But you can be faithful today. You can be faithful today. Lord Jesus, would you speak to us right where we are? Would you encourage us? Would you challenge us to be who you called us to be, to do what you called us to do?